Hey everybody, welcome back to DB's Comic Talk, episode number nine, Doomsday Clock number one. Uh, this is Don from the Ken Frederick Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for checking us out here on YouTube. Um, so this is the one we've been waiting for for a while. I've uh, been previewing the button and all these other different uh, books building up to this. We've been waiting for this Doomsday Clock book to come out. What I plan to do over the next uh, 12 months here is basically review each issue. As it comes out, um, there's 12 issues. It's going to run strictly on its own, not tying to anything else. Um, obviously, you can read Superman or Batman, anything like that, it's just so you're more familiar with the characters and everything going on. But this is a standalone. So let's jump into issue number one here. Um, you look at the cover, Doomsday Clock number one, Rorschach on the front, nice lenticular cover, nice images of uh, the, the Trinity. That it's in his mask. It's a pretty cool cover. Um, and the book itself is a really nice-looking book. The art is really well done. Um, the writing is really well done. Even the pages feel really good. They're very thick stock. It's a really nicely done comic. It is $6. I know some people hate that they jack the prices up on these events. But it's a really nice-looking book. I do suggest going out to your local comic book shop and picking it up. So let's just jump into it. Now, I will warn you there are some spoilers here. So if you haven't read Doomsday Clock number 1, Please go check it out and come back, and we'll walk through it here together. So let, let's begin. This one takes place uh, 1992, November 22nd. So it's three years after the actual events of Watchmen. The scene that you're getting here is basically a narration from Rorschach, like a journal entry like he did before. And it's just showing you that after the events of Watchmen, when... Um, Adrian Veidt did everything that he did, uh, the illusion, the great lie, as they were calling it. Um, the world was peaceful and everything was fine. But with the journal that came out from Rorschach, um, everything was exposed. And he was exposed that this was all a lie and the world basically turned to shit again. So nuclear war is a big threat. The threat of uh, everything possibly happening uh, that was once before is now even, even more. So the Doomsday Clock is even closer than it was before. The world is tearing itself apart. There's chaos everywhere. There's a global manhunt for Adrian Veidt. So everyone is looking for him. He's responsible for the death of about 3 million people and injuring millions more and the destruction of the cities that he destroyed. So everyone is looking for this guy. He's the most wanted person in the world of all time. Uh, and no one can find him. In fact, no one can find any of the Watchmen altogether. You know, Dr. Manhattan left. Silk Spectre and Night Owl are not around. Um, and only Rorschach is here popping back up again. So you just see a little bit more about the world in chaos. They're talking about places that nuclear weapons could possibly hit. And they're telling people to evacuate these areas. Russia's ready to attack. We're ready to attack. So the world is basically ready to just basically explode on itself and tear itself apart. This War Watchmen universe is very close to ending. So we jump into we finally see Rorschach. Here he is in a prison. He's on a mission. He's here to free somebody. Um, and he's interacting with the criminals a little bit. He's searching for someone. When we jump over to the next page, we see that there's a character here. Her name's the marionette, who I'm not sure was a character maybe in any of the before Watchmen books or any of the books before. She's a villain that he stopped. And as you can see in the picture, she's very afraid of him. She's terrified of him. She wants nothing to do with him. And he keeps saying, you can trust me. And the reveal here is when he takes off his glove, you will see that he's now African-American, where if you remember Walter Corvax from the regular, regular Watchmen, he was a white guy. So 
this is a black man underneath this mask. Um, so it's not Walter Corfax, but it is Rorschach. So this was one of the things that people brought up before where they were going to be a little angry about bringing Rorschach back because his death was very important in the original book. I mean, I, I, I agree that he was... That death was like a, such an important scene in the movie, him standing up to a powerful god like Dr. Manhattan and everything he did there to get the journal out. All that stuff was important. Just to bring him back, to bring him back, I wasn't too keen on it. But this is different. This is a new character. You're not really sure who this is. I mean, there's some theory that it could be his therapist's son because he was black also. So they're trying to like just label it with, you know, picking up any characters that maybe were of you know, we're an African-American in a comic, maybe that's who they are. I don't think it's going to be that easy. I think it's going to be something different. There'll be more to this than, than what we see now. So the spirit of Rorschach is alive and well, and I'm totally fine with that. I actually like that because Night Owl was a, was a return character. So was Silk Spectre. There's a lot of characters who were legacy characters, and why not Rorschach? I mean, who the, the mask and who he represents and everything, I love it. Who's underneath? It'll be cool to figure out a new character. I mean, he acts very Walter Corvax like, um, and he's, but he, you know, he then said he eating beans, eats pancakes. You know, he has his own little quirks and stuff. It'll be interesting to get to know this character a little bit further. So we then see that Marionette, she wants her son, she wants her husband freed from prison. She has a list of demands. Rorschach guarantees if she agrees to help, that they'll probably be able to find her son and help her out. So. Long story short, they kind of skip past some events here where you see her husband, who's this crazy kind of silent guy called a mime, and he kind of fakes that he's helpless so that he can get beat up by these prison other prisoners and then turn the tables on them and just sort of real twistedly beats the shit out of these guys. I mean, really violently, and he's making some really odd faces. So he's an interesting character. I really hope they keep this character around and see what they do a little bit more with him. One funny part is here, he says he has to go retrieve his special weapons, and it actually turns out to be in a bunch of invisible mime guns. Guns. So it was kind of funny. Even Warshak thought he was a little crazy. He's carrying around these, you know, fake weapons. So the three of them escape. They comment about how stinky Warshak's car is. So he's very much falling in the footsteps of Walter Corvax, living sort of the same lifestyle, um, which is very interesting. The next page we see them sort of moving into they're going underneath New York City somewhere to a secret lair where Rorschach says his partner is. And you haven't seen who his partner yet. Um, this underground tunnel looks very um, like big metal doors. Uh, he's knocking on the door. It's all very secret. It's all very hidden. So you're, you're kind of wondering who's his partner going to be. For a minute there I thought maybe it was going to be somebody from the DC Comics world. Like you know maybe a Joker or somebody like that. I didn't know where they were going with this. Um, pleasantly surprised they go into not not a huge surprise but you get to see that it's Night Owl's lair but it's not Night Owl it's not the Silk Spectre it's actually Ozymandias and he is living in this uh, basically the, 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 the home of Night Owl uh, hiding out there he's carrying one of his little creatures that blew up in the first Watchmen the big uh, lynx type animal um, they're all pissed off to see him because you know everything that he did and the people he killed um so it's interesting that Rorschach and Ozymandias would be together. Um, the relationship between these two, which you get in the next page, is very strange because um, the two of them, Rorschach very much is adamant that he's not working for Ozymandias, that he's on his own. That's what he keeps saying. I, I, I'm working, we're working together. I'm not working for you. 
Um, I'm not sure what's going on here. If Ozymandias actually found this person and turned him into Rorschach, or they found each other, how they're working together. Does he know it's not even the real Rorschach underneath? Because you obviously can't tell from the voice, because the marionette was surprised too until he took his gloves off and revealed he was a different skin color. Um, it's an odd relationship between the two of them. So I think there's more going on here than they're showing. I'd like to see how this breaks down and how Ozymandias found him. And is he controlling him some way, shape, or form? So it'll be interesting. Um, you didn't get in and you see something is actually wrong with Ozymandias. Something's bothering him. He's not well. And then when we get to the next page here, you find out that he has cancer and that he's dying. It's spreading throughout his whole body. So this is probably due to his interactions with John and interactions with that energy he was trying to manipulate. Um, so he's dying, and he can't save it. He can't stop it. And he goes on here to talk about how his dream is dead and everything he tried to fight for and change failed and that he basically can't save this world anymore, which is big of him to admit because he's a pretty egotistical character. And he says that they need Dr. Manhattan. And Manhattan left. He went off to a less complicated galaxy is what he said so um he their goal of these four characters is to find where manhattan went and bring him here because he feels that dr manhattan can still save this world so this is a different twist for him he's kind of like a good guy here maybe realizing his failure since he's dying or he has a different plan altogether so we'll we'll see how that goes there next we skip over into metropolis and we see clark and lois and they're sleeping um, this is sort of foreshadowing leading you into Manhattan left for another world and he came to this world. So he's been in the DC Comics universe the entire time. And then what you see here is that it's Clark as a, like a teenager being dropped off by his parents for the first time. And he's, he's going out with like Lana meeting up with Pete and stuff and he's getting away and they're a little nervous that he's not going to be around them. And then, shockingly, out of nowhere, they crashed their car and have this horrible car accident. And when you go to the last page, um, Clark wakes up and he says, this is from the, I had a nightmare about when my parents died, which is a big shock that his parents are dead because I'm pretty sure this is, this is not, I'm pretty sure this is not New 52 Superman or a different one, that this is the current Superman and, and he doesn't have his family. So Dr. Manhattan definitely messed with the timeline and changed something, removed something or did something that caused his parents to die. So it's intriguing where they're going here is I don't think you're going to see some big fight between Superman and Dr. Manhattan. I don't think that's what you're going to see because obviously it would probably be over in a second. I think it's going to be more of him, you know, Dr. Manhattan sort of gave up on humanity. And then here you go in this universe. Here's a symbol of hope for all of humanity is Superman. So I think he has like an obsession with him about can this guy restore Manhattan's faith in humanity? And he's testing him. You know, he's taking his parents away. He changed his whole origin with the New 52 stuff. He's responsible for all that. You know, what's his end game here? What's he doing? And you're going to find out over the next couple of issues. Um, I really like this book. I think it was a good setup. It didn't dive right in where you see Dr. Manhattan on page one or the last page. Like the rest of Rebirth and everything with this, it's a slow burn into this. They got you used to the universe. They showed you where Rorschach was. They showed you where Ozymandias was. And I feel the next couple issues are really going to hit you hard with some big reveals. So this was a great way to start it. I really liked it. I really enjoyed this book, and I give it really high marks. Um, please go check it out. I think you will really enjoy it. Some of the things they show you at towards the end of the book, they do a newspaper article, The Great Lie, when the New York Gazette and how that all went down. 
Um, there's some other Watchmen references in here. There's actually a funny menu from where Warshack eats, which I thought was interesting. And then they show you uh, some previews of stuff to come. Uh, Lex on the cover, looking like he's with Ozymandias. Batman reading Rorschach's journal. Uh, some stuff of Rorschach, the Joker involved in this. So it's only going to get more interesting and more and more detailed as it goes on. Um, I'm really excited to see where they go with this. Like I said, it's going to be 12 issues. It's going to go on from there. Um, you don't have to read anything else. You can just read this. They're going to come out once a month. We will review them every time they come out. Uh, to break it down and see if what we're right on, what we're not right on. And it's going to be fun. So go check it out. Let me know what you think about it. Let me know your thoughts on it below in the comments. Uh, please check out the rest of our stuff on SoundCloud, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. We're out there. Just search for the Ken Frederick Podcast. And um, thanks a lot for listening through all this. I appreciate it. And have a good day. Take care.